0: Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, we're here with Kelly Guidry. She's with the Bayou Region Home Team. She's the CEO that is brokered by eXp Realty. Kelly, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We'd love to jump right into it with a story. So can you just tell us one of the craziest real estate transactions that you've ever faced?
1: Um, the craziest real estate transactions. The first thing that comes to mind is it was a little down the bayou property up on pylons. Someone came in from another area to purchase. It was a pretty small price point. Um, And when we went to closing, the gentleman, my client had a hard time um, even finding a ride. He didn't have a ride. I thought about going pick him up. I'm glad that I didn't. Mm. Um, He showed up and, Um, was just different than other times that I had spoken with him. Um, We went to start signing off all the papers and then he like immediately stopped everything. He went outside and um, he was like upset over some things. So I went outside to try and talk to him. The attorney tried to go outside and talk to him. And then suddenly, and this is, you know, several years ago. So while um, some things are legalized now, then it wasn't. And, um, one of the businesses from across the street had called into the attorney's office and said, the guy on your porch has like rolled something up and is smoking it. And, you know, this is just happening mm. a couple of blocks away from the police office. And, um, and so the attorney had to call off the the sale mm. because you can't be in any kind of altered mm-hmm. state of mind in signing paperwork. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was just very taken back. We still kind of joke about that um, when I do closings over there and just like how how unexpected mm-hmm. it was. Um- it's it's <laughs> like, buddy,
2: you started celebrating 10 minutes too soon.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it waited just a little bit longer. Right?
2: <laughs> how crazy. That's <laughs> closing ruined by, yeah. Which now, like if, if you're in California or Colorado or many places, Well, I guess, I mean, the altered state of mind is still a thing. Um, Is it? Well, I mean, obviously they've, in most places they've legalized, you know, marijuana, but, but I'm wondering like, can, that's an interesting thing. Like, could they still sign? It it? is. Yeah.
1: Right. So if it's legal, then does it become? Yeah. Or at what point, Mm. right? Because granted, having a couple of drinks is legal too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, but. At what point is it belligerent or in a state of mind that you shouldn't sign?
2: Yeah. Well, cause I mean, like right now, I mean, they're not typically breathalyzing people before they, they sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Interesting. Gosh, that brings up so many interesting <laughs> questions. What, one, one thing I know that I want to talk about since we talked about it pre-show is I want to dive in right away to the fact that your area was hit by Hurricane Ida and So, and that happened a little less than a year ago. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners what that was like and just kind of how that affected you, how that affected the town, um, I'd like to launch into that.
1: Yeah, so for our area, Hurricane Ida, it wasn't even expected to come our way. Mm. So it caught a lot of people in our area off guard. Um, The way that they were tracking the storm to go, it was supposed to go away from Louisiana. It wasn't really, I mean, we might have caught some, you know, rain bands from it. Um, It wasn't going to be anything super significant. So we had a lot of people stay back than what would have typically. Um, I personally had just come out of a surgery and I woke up to, you know, hearing some news like about a hurricane and should we leave, should we not? And. And so I was in a state of mind that I wasn't quite sure what all was happening mm. and of a little bit of information I was gathering. Then it became, where do you go to? And so being on the Eastern or Western side of it matters. And, um, and so we uh, looked, talked about going to Texas, talked about going to you know Lafayette, which is about two hours away from our area, and um, ultimately decided to go a little bit closer to home mm. into the Lafayette area. And um, had no idea what was about to actually happen Mm -hmm. because the storm didn't turn like it was supposed to. It hit our area. We took it head on um, and got the worst parts of it. While they categorize it as a category four, many areas have picked up that um, the, the strength of it was like the wind that was coming through was actually that of a category five storm. Mm. So I'll leave that to other people to debate, but that is the information that we had gotten. And what happened then is that we had no electricity, no water, no internet um, for about three weeks. There were so many telephone wires down. We had no communications into town. Um, all of your large you know, providers, they, they weren't able to. What was strange is that um, I was able to communicate with someone off of Facebook messenger, but it was because whatever <laughs> phone service that they were with, it was like some like off the wall. Mm. Don't really ever hear of them, but somehow they had um, a little bit of connectivity. And so they were able to go and check on places that, um, you know, I had my mom with me. And so they would go check on her house. She was a nervous wreck and just went, go check on uh, on several different locations for me and, uh, my aunt, her, um, well, my, my great uncle had stayed back. He's in his 80s. She was so concerned about him. We had um, went through Hurricane Katrina, but as being on the outskirts of it. So it was a little bit different. Mm. But in that, the authorities learned a lot about communication. And, you know, afterwards they had met and like, what should we do in this scenario? And, you know, just kind of put some protocols in place. Um, what came about was that that really hadn't been updated to keep pace with what was going on with technology within that you know decade that then passed to then have Hurricane Ida come through, and so uh, we have some business partners across the nation, and some of them had pulled money together and they were waiting on the outskirts of town with you know thousands of dollars of cash oh, supplies with you know generators and tarps and all sorts of things, water, everything. And we had made connection and it was like, okay, great. As soon as the storm passes, if you can get us in with authorities, we can get in and start helping right away. And I had the connection into our town and it was gonna be fine all up until the storm happened and took everything down. Hmm. And when it did, the satellite phones weren't working So it became a huge obstacle for authorities to do what it is that they needed to do in order to try and get the help out where it needed to go to get the efforts started. And so it was a lot of unforeseen obstacles. I'm sure that there is going to be something in place now that they're going to make sure that they check on these policies and procedures and make sure that it's being updated annually to keep up with times. The windfall effect that it had that just looking back now that never saw it coming was we then went into I took my family and we just stayed away like I just you know came home gathered a few more things and and for about three weeks we lived um about two hours away because I had kids and just for them to not really have to go through that experience have their internet we went shopping like we still had some normalcy for them um but we had no sales happen mm. in the month of September because no one was set up. There were no functionalities of electricity or you know, um, being able to email back and forth or phone services or anything like that. We had an influx of people who had just lost all of their, you know, like lost their homes if they were able to make it back into town. Now they immediately went into calling their insurance companies and trying to call around to find housing, trying to call around to find storage and when the influx of calls started coming in for us, it, could, it got a little stressful because we had a database, you know, realtors, we use our MLS database where that's where we put all of our available properties for sale, for lease. And that database wasn't accurate information mm-hmm. because we didn't know if these realtors had homes or if they were here or not here, if the homes that they had listed Were they still available? Were they in livable condition or were they not? During this time, I also have contractors that I do a lot of business with. And so I was keeping in close communication with them. Those guys in that industry, man, they have been through the ringer, and they still are going through it. Like they worked straight seven days a week over and over and over again for months. And you could hear their voices and just how battered and beaten and everything that they started feeling over this, that it really became about like, you have got to go and take a day off, like Mm go vacation with your family, go do something to replenish so you can go back out there and help people because there was so much devastation. So to try and you wanna help people, right? And if you've been in the business for any amount of time, then you have a lot of people who you've helped over the years, but yet none of us are super heroes, right? right? Uh, to be able to go out there and just work those seven days a week. And so there were a lot of challenges and all of that and rebuilding. And I know for us, like it became that we didn't know the houses, like it took time and it really took coordination. And so once we were able to start getting in touch with some of our realtors, then it became like, hey, if you've checked on these houses, put it in the remarks, Mm -hmm. you know, that yes, this is the, you know, post IDA, this is what's going on with this house. Give us some sort of signal so we can start piecing things back together and start helping these people in our community. Um, We really leaned in on what could we do to help. So coordinating efforts to put on distribution centers to help get people of, especially the lower lying areas, um, which is typically a lower income area, more poverty and things like that, um, and really get them ice and supplies, and you just don't even realize, like we had set up a drive-through distribution area, and when they were coming in, and and the things that they needed, you know, feminine products or diapers for kids, formula, these things that we take for granted whenever we're not really going through a tough time like that, so it was very challenging, and here we are almost a year later, and we still have families that are living in RVs. Mm that a family of five and, you know, uh, you consider an RV. I don't, there's no RV big enough mm-hmm. that you to live in mm-hmm. for an entire year mm-hmm. as a family of five and two dogs. Mm-hmm. Like wow. nothing about that is okay. And so when we talk to these people and this is still their situation, the one thing that I can say is that devastation can also bring about community. Mm-hmm. And you saw a lot of that mm-hmm. happening. You know, you really saw a lot of people getting down, boots on the ground, going out there, and it was challenging whenever you see people that are in, you know, tarps, using tarps as their shelter mm. and brushing out the ants because they were sleeping on the ground. And when you gave them an air mattress suddenly, they became so I mean, it just the joy mm. over an air mattress just so they didn't actually have to be in a sleeping bag on the ground. They're now elevated a few inches. Like it just really was, but the community that came forth. And then when I still see someone and learn that they've in an RV still, and they're smiling and they're of good spirits and they're making the best of it.
2: So glad you shared this. Um, let's start diving into this a little bit. Let's start focusing first on you. So you are experiencing this you're running a business you as far as i know or like every other real estate team leader ceo or essentially you're dependent on sales not on a fixed income that comes in so your inventory you don't know what's going on where it's at you have to go away for a little bit to get out of the storm what's it like i mean how are you providing for yourself like how do you mentally navigate this situation <laughs>
1: Um, well, and so that's where diving into helping others, Mm -hmm. that was the first and foremost thing. Um, and we were staying in a house and we had nine people in that house. Um, so that in itself was a different scenario, Mm -hmm. um, focused on, on how I could help other people and then really focused in on our team and what we could do to help support them at that time. Fortunately, you know, I don't live check to check, so I was able to, you know, had some space to be able to yeah think clearly and and still be able to provide and that kind of stuff so um, really being there for our team members helping them navigate through all of that and then just focusing in on what's the next thing that we can do putting these things back together um sales of course you know dipped But we didn't focus on that. Hmm. We just focused on what it was that we were going to do to put things back together. Of the people that we had been talking to like up to that point, right? Because our business is always ongoing. So we're always looking for the buyers and sellers in in our community who we can help serve. And maybe they're not ready right now. They're ready in six months from now or whatever that looks like. We started going through, our um, inside sales agents started going through and just calling everyone and just checking in. And instead of it being like, you know, asking the next follow-up question it became really just like how are you doing is there anything that we can do to support mm-hmm. it became about partnering up with a contractor to help get people on the list um, really making sure that our community had some place to go in order to have reputable people work in their houses and through that you know there's that focus on the process mm-hmm. not on the outcome. Mm-hmm. But- so Mm -hmm. we really just did that. We just focused on where do we need to be at right now? And sales caught up, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it it did And so it just kind of happened. And so through that, I will say, it has been a very interesting market. We were talking about this pre-show. And for the amount of time that I've been in the business, 17 years, I've gone through different markets. So Katrina, and while it didn't, give us a direct hit, it was us being on the outskirts and what that looked like. And so people buying sight unseen because they needed a house and okay, this is where we're going. So when Ida hit, we know that all the other areas, right? i started partnering up with uh, realtors in the Lafayette area because we had people who were scattering out of town. And so they experienced what we did in Katrina. Then we had the BP oil spill, which brought its own type of market. Then we had the Corona market, which a lot of us have experienced, well, all of us mm-hmm. have gone through it yep. in these past couple of mm-hmm. years. And then for us, it became like, this is now the Ida market and mm-hmm. what that looks like. So it's been, you know, I'm still a student and I still look at things with a level of curiosity and uh, stop to reflect back on what exactly happened here. I'm sure our industry and our local association, we're going to learn a lot of things, you know, and how to help guide people through this because we didn't know we, there was no handbook on like, how do you navigate through this? Um, what do you lean on? And so really just helping and focusing on that next thing. And it ended up bringing about sales and getting us back on track to where we needed to be.
2: What a beautiful perspective, you know, to be service oriented first, to have done the wise thing. I, I, I think we can't emphasize this enough. You did the wise thing and you set aside reserves so that when a time like this came up, you could focus on the important things.
0: So, I mean, I was just going to mention, like, just, it's, it's interesting the way a natural disaster like that obviously has such a huge impact on that market. Um, I'm in Chicago, right? So, I mean, tornadoes are kind of around, but they're in the way rural areas. Like, there's never a tornado that's going to roll through Chicago because it's too built up. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's interesting that every market kind of has something similar to that, right? There's, there's some sort of natural disaster that might happen. Um, and I'm just, I'm amazed at your ability to focus on the ability to help people and be service oriented and, and the results that you've gotten from that.
1: Thank you. I don't know that it was a, a it, it wasn't a, a tactical thing or anything. Mm. It was just something that. It
2: was just a natural response.
1: It was a mm. natural response. Mm. It really was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I, I happen to look up category five as you're talking about it. Cause I couldn't help my mathematical brain was going crazy. It's mm-hmm. 150 mile per hour winds. Like that is nuts. Like at 40, 50 mile per hour winds. It's like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go outside. This is three times faster. Like, can you give us an idea? And I know you were getting out of town. Like what, what is that like to be in something like that?
1: So of the conversations I had for the people who stayed back. Yeah. They said the walls were breathing. Whoa. The lights were, oh. were shaking inside of the house because the pressure that was being built up. Wind driven rain coming in places. And so the conversation for me always turned to you know, did you stay or go? What was that like for you if you stayed? We had some people because our areas, people are very resilient and can be a little tough headed at times, Mm. but they were like, absolutely I stayed. I was happy I did because as soon as this started, you know, peeling off, I was able to go and address it and I was able to save this part of my house. Mm. And it wasn't as bad as if I would have left. You had other people who were inside their house and a tornado took and started ripping off pieces of their house while they were inside and they were absolutely terrified and they will never stay again because whenever you you live in an area right you've gone through these things before so i am born and raised in this area i've gone through hurricane andrew which had brought about some you know some pretty big devastation for our area and i can remember as a kid i was 12 years old watching this i just aged myself in this way. watching we were at this the main house and we actually rented a little house from the people this main house and they lived out of town and so we had access to it and whatever and so we went go stay in that house and I remember looking out the window and there was a tree that was right outside my window of this little rent house that we had. Little like three bedroom, one bath rent house. And I can remember for that storm watching the tree and the branches, like I mean almost and I was like, this tree's gonna go down on what was my room. Mm. And remembering that as a kid, oh, wow. right? And then we have these other ones where everyone leaves out of town because the storm looks like it's coming our way and the lawn chair might have fallen over. Right. And it's (laughs) a lot because they like cancel school and you getting stuck in traffic and you're going out of town. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, school's tomorrow. Mm. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And you have these droves of people coming back. And so when we talk about a storm coming through and they also initially were saying that Ida was going to be about a, a three and it wasn't really until it got closer and closer and closer that. All of a sudden they were like, Oh no, everybody has to go and So then it becomes for the people who haven't left yet do I get on the road with this? Is there enough time or do I just stay? And so that's a lot of what happened through it. It was interesting to hear what people had to say. I had just bought a house in a community that had community sewage. And um, I went through a new experience that I'd never experienced before because you were relying on the people who were still in there because the pumps had stopped working. You were relying on the people who stayed back to not use their restrooms and clog up the pipes because if they did, it would have thrown sewage back in everyone's houses. So there's so many different dynamics of it that like you just don't even consider the amount of traffic that you, once you you start, you know, getting back into things because you have these huge disaster dumpster trucks that are coming to start trying to pick up the debris and um, a lot of, different mentality through it as well, which mm-hmm. is really tough. Um, again, we stayed service oriented through it. We had different base camps set up in our area for people who had lost their homes and didn't have a place to go. Um, base camps were set up and, and so we coordinated efforts and collected um, Christmas presents and had Santa come on a fire truck and Mrs. Claus, and we handed out presents and, and, Um, to see some of these kids light up because they wouldn't have had this otherwise. But in that also came seeing some people who didn't appear to be very safe people Hmm. that were all now housed Hmm. together with children. And just from one end of the spectrum to the other,
2: Hmm.
1: you saw things happen and come out, you know?
2: Abuse and and you see that like, And you hear that with stories like in Florida with the hurricanes about how, you know, there's obviously just this humanitarian effort that's so tremendous. And then at the same point, there's this undercurrent of theft and all kinds of evil that happens as a result with the opportunity. That's crazy. So you guys experience that as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Scams, right? Mm -hmm. From even storm chasers that would come Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could see how well organized they were in things. Mm -hmm. Violence. People are stressed out, right? So you may have someone who you'd never think, but they just crack under stress. Mm. There's so much, you know, and, and it really is because it's it's an elephant. And if you're looking at it like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. this all has to get back right right now, then that is overwhelming. We've all experienced that in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah it becomes very real whenever you look around and everywhere is just complete devastation. I was really fortunate that I didn't have much to my house. Mm. Um, It was very minimal. So I, once we were able to come back that there was electricity and running water and you know, things like that. um, We came back, I operated my team out of my house Mm. for a bit because our office was damaged. Um, I had a sign trailer that again, I, I just had surgery. And um, this storm, when I went into surgery, was supposed to be going a different way. Mm. So one really big thing, right? And then I wake mm. up and I'm like, on, I'm, I'm on pain medicines, like coming out of and things like that. And um, didn't, you know, think we thought to tell everybody, pull your signs up out of the yard. We always do that. Yeah. Um, we thought about some, um, you know, preventative didn't think about the utility trailer that we used as our sign trailer and um fortunately 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 because it went tumbling in a field and fortunately there was a significant amount of land before the houses started mm. because it made its way pretty close wow. you know it was it was probably about a hundred yards out um our utility trailer and i was like how do i get out Mm. right (laughs) there were definitely some Uh, of those moments but fortunately it did not become a a flying projectile that damaged someone's house because i don't know what that would have looked like mm. but that's how strong the winds were and there was just a lot of pockets of um, of tornadoes that popped up these vortexes and everything else Um, but yeah so our office had taken on some damage as well and um, we operated Out of my house, and I kind of look around because you know, as we sit here, I'm in my house now, and I mean, that was tough. Even like to have Mm -hmm. several people, I almost felt like a would I imagine a call center to be Mm -hmm. like, right? Yeah, just one open (laughs) space. You're Mm -hmm. not like sectioned off by anyone. Some of them brought their kids in, Mm -hmm. and you know, we're just having we we got food, and and you know what we started focusing on. We really started focusing on like what are we grateful for. That's Mm -hmm. how we started, you know. Where do you Mm -hmm. go to? You go to gratitude. What are you grateful for right now? Mm. What have you accomplished that we can celebrate? And then what's a priority? What is that, you know, whether it's one thing or there's three things, but like, what is it? And so it was just kind of leading the team in those gaps and those very just small things that can really make a big Mm -hmm. impact.
0: Obviously, Kelly, you went through a tremendous amount of adversity in such a short time frame, right? So we had COVID going on, number one, already. You just had surgery. All of a sudden, you're hit with hurricanes and tornadoes and all sorts of things. And you managed to keep your mindset going in the correct direction. Um, You kind of just delved into that a little bit, but could we go a little bit deeper in, like, what would you recommend to somebody in a similar situation so they could keep the same level head that you were able to? <laughs>
1: um, I have done a lot of self-development. Actually, mm. I had my best friend tell me. She was like, you know, Kelly, you've always been into that. And mm. I was like, what? She's like, as soon as you had a kid, you started reading books about like super dating, this, and whatever. So it's always been a natural thing. But whether it's natural or it's not, it's always going back to what is it that, I'm grateful for. What is something that I'm passionate about? I feel like as soon as like we lose that passion, or if we feel like we've lost focus, it's because we've lost something that we're passionate about, Mm -hmm. right? As soon as we can find, what is that thing that we're passionate about? It becomes a driver. Just it's just that after effect. No matter what, it come it becomes a driver because you're passionate about it, and this is what you want to do. And so finding what is grateful. I'm super mindful of what I consume. Mm -hmm. So I have Mm -hmm. given up, you know, I cut the cord seven years ago or so. Like I just haven't watched, you know, I'm not a big TV person. I'm very mindful about what I put in. I have yet to miss anything Mm -hmm. either. And so that works out really well because I really, truly can come from a place of curiosity when people are talking to me mm. and they get to tell me whatever, and then I get mm-hmm. to choose whether or not I want to go and learn more about it mm-hmm. or not. And so I think that helps out tremendously, really you know, kind of rigging that environment, focusing in on what's important, um, disconnecting and finding those things that we're grateful for. And sometimes, cause I've been in really dark places mm. and I'll never forget the first woman who I ran into and she gave me this book. She had actually authored it. And it was, I was in a dark place and, and it was to find gratitude. And and I was like, I don't know if there's anything that I can be grateful for right now. And she said, every morning, just wake up and what are, you know, 10 things that you're grateful for. And if you can't find 10, just start writing out as many as you could. And at that time I was a smoker. Hmm. And I literally started with, I'm grateful for this cigarette. <laughs> like now I think about it. Like how backwards is that? Right. I'm grateful for something that might kill me. Right. Um, but I was so, I was in such a dark place that it was hard to find something that I was grateful for. And so it was that. And then I was grateful for that cup of coffee. And it started out really small and through those just very little small steps and staying committed and consistent to that, then I was able to find the things that I was grateful for that were beyond that right? And of course, you know, I'm grateful for the shelter, I'm grateful for the food, but grateful for the impact that I'm able to make in things. I'm grateful to when I see my kid just show up in a way that, gosh, you know, like just who they're becoming and what they are. I'm grateful for the way someone else, you know, and I really go out and when you start focusing in on those things, you start seeing all the good things. Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy Mm -hmm. to see the bad um you know you guys we all connected through mm-hmm. Joshua Smith and and GSD and it was actually through him and something that he t- he said a long time ago right and i think it was like we hear and see like 25,000 negative things in a day
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: yet there's only about like maybe 2000 or 2,500 when I heard that statistic. And I don't even know if that's still the right statistic or not. But when I heard it, I was like, I stopped right then and there and I was like, okay. And I started posting positive things on social media. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be 2,500
2: and what? Right. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight-line path to
0: freedom. Right, Uh, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You're going to do your part. And
1: I started there, and... um. Then the interesting thing that happened from there was I did it because I heard that statistic, but then also I did it for myself. I wanted to make sure like, what is something that resonated with me? I'm gonna post this and that's where I'm gonna focus my energy at just for today. Hmm. And it started like that. Well, then all of a sudden I started going places and people would comment to me, man, I love what you post. Hmm. Thank you so much. Hmm. And I was like, oh wow, this this is making an impact on other people. So then it almost became like, I felt even more so that it was a responsibility of mine to continue to be that light. Because if my light can then just ignite someone else's, then that's the impact that I can make.
0: Wow. I could totally relate to that one. Because I post, um, I actually have a group for Chicagoland Realtors, and I post motivational stuff almost daily. And you'd be amazed how many people just message me. They're like, you know what, that post you just put today, like, I really needed that today. So thank you. And it's like, I mean, I'm just throwing posts out there I'm like this was cool, um. but you'd be amazed how much, you know, sometimes it shows up in somebody's feed just at the right time, you know, and it's, they're getting a positive impression of you, obviously, right? In business, obviously, as Joshua Smith says, get people to know you, like you and trust you. And as long as you follow up consistently, that business is going to grow. So, I mean, I love what you're yes. doing there.
1: And I think I lose sight and, and you guys may relate to this too. But I've been focused on finding the good for so long that I lose sight sometimes of how many people aren't surrounded by that. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to like go down this path and make amazing relationships and friendships like you guys as well. And people who are really focused in on what they can do to better themselves. Mm -hmm. There are so many Mm -hmm. people out there. Like that's not the norm. But -hmm. because it's who I've surrounded myself with for so long now that I think it's the norm. And I forget that it's really not. And then how most people are still hit with all that negative, maybe inside their household. And maybe that's the, the, how they walk out of their house, even, right?
2: Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. So I just definitely wanted to comment on the fact that, that the work you've done in gratitude, like it, it so expresses itself through you. Like if you weren't a person from birth that was heavily optimistic and just bubbly and all those things, like you have totally convinced yourself that that's who you are. So like kudos to you <laughs> that you've obviously done the hard work to to manifest this as you like which I think is so important because I think some people just feel like well this is how I am I can't do any work on myself I can't change myself but you've clearly from your description of what you were like to what how you present now is it's drastic
1: Oh I can peel back the curtain a little bit more I was a girl with like such low self-esteem <laughs> and you know, had come from divorce and had was, you know, saw a therapist when I was younger and had gotten expelled from school. I was not on a good path. I had gotten into drugs. Like there were so many different things that I was just not on. I was on a very destructive path, very destructive. I was the friend that the parents didn't want their kids hanging out with. I was, I was a man. I can relate. Because my parents were like, you're out of control <laughs> and I don't want legal responsibility for you. Mm, wow. And so I was not on a good path at all. And yeah, um, I am still conducting business in my hometown. Mm. Um, I did leave for a period of time and I came back. And so even you know, to plant your roots and right where you are, kind of like the lotus flower, um, and grew up in a trailer park, wow. <laughs> like just whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. And we can, we can truly be whoever it is that we want to be mm. when I think, and, and honestly, I think a lot of that fueled me for so long, it, that anger and that resentment of like mm-hmm. people told me that I couldn't do it. I can remember even uh, an administrator <laughs> at school, you know, you're not going to amount to anything and all of this stuff. And then by the time I got to college and I really started, you know, changing who I was and who I wanted to be and doing some self-reflection. And next thing you know, I'm like Dean's list and all these things. I remember running into that administrator and,
0: (laughs) hi, by Uh, the way, just got finished with 12
1: credits in summer semester. Right. Dean had to give me permission. He did, you know, and just... So, but it was the anger and it was the, Mm. you know, I'll show you that fueled me for so long, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you that while that served me for a period that didn't serve me for the longevity. And so then there was another layer of growth and more to peel back. Mm. And I'm just a, I'm a forever student Mm. in what it is. And look, Mm. I stumble and I fall and I fail forward. And I, as soon as Mm -hmm. people start telling me like, oh man, that's really great. I don't want to say that I am not receptive to it. I receive it and I hear what they're saying, but I'm also the first to say, I'm still a mess. Mm -hmm. I mess up at times. Like i still, you know, like I don't want to be on a pedestal whatsoever because then that's such a far fall. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I just really do try to look at things. I call it from all sides of the Rubik's. I'm open to hearing Mm -hmm. other sides of things because it can give me a perspective that I might not have had and then just continuing on to be open to the learning experiences and what I need to learn in order to hit the next level. And look here lately through the things that I've gone through both professionally in our hometown and even some personal things, I've been navigating um, a a divorce Mm. uh, after a marriage Mm -hmm. and so that itself has brought on its whole new own set of learning and growth and communication and
0: what a tremendous story it really resonates so strongly with me because I could relate on so many levels Um, I was also a bit of a troublemaker reckless behavior and stuff like that but I've also managed to turn it around Um, for me personally like there's a specific point where I hit let's say rock bottom and like that was the cause did you have something like that or did you just naturally evolve as a person as you got going and just as a note, you mentioned getting revenge on people. Like I have a hit list personally, like I need to beat this guy. I need to beat this guy. I need to beat this guy. And it's like, <laughs> and when you tell the, when you said the counselor story, I literally did the same thing. Um, <laughs> so it's like, don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you I did it. Yes, um, yes.
1: <laughs> um, so when I think back to that, that question that you asked, I feel like I had multiple rock bottom or Mm. I don't even know if it was rock bottom. I have multiple pivotal moments in life that were like the most challenging things that I've gone through. And that's what brought about that next Mm
2: -hmm.
1: level up, I guess, that next journey of growth. And all of it was necessary at some point in time. I can remember being in, in mm-hmm. Phoenix and um, I forget who it was who said it, but it stuck with me because for so long I thought like life was happening to me. And they were like, happening for mm-hmm. you? And that little bit of change of perspective, because I mean, of some of the things like the first initial where I started going on this path, I always had a strong will about me. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a troublemaker, mm-hmm. if I didn't want to do something, I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? I can remember my dad telling yeah. me, he's like, you know, the one thing about you is that you're going to make a conscious decision as to whether or not you're going to do it. And he said, and because of that, you have that leadership quality inside of you. You have a greater responsibility. He told me this as a teenager. This is not what, you know, it didn't resonate yeah. as much then. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've actually said the same words to my daughter and i said so you'll never oh, yeah, that's, fool that's me wise me that you know oh they made me do it was the peer pressure of it it's not
0: hmm.
1: i watch her i watch her she like convinces people to do things she's 15 she'll be 16 in mm-hmm. september she convinces people to do <laughs> things and like she delegates this stuff out right that she's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and next thing you know like that's her awesome. friends are cleaning her room or whatever i'm like, <laughs> you to do, you know, but in it, I see these like qualities that she's going to be a rock star mm-hmm. whenever she, um, hits those different levels and plateaus. But yeah, to answer your question, Tim, there were, I don't know if there was like this one specific, but there were some very traumatic things that mm-hmm. I went to or went through or experienced. And it was just like, a, I, I have more in me. Like, this is not what I'm here for. This is not what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, even just here recently, like there are times that I've been humbled, like brought to my knees, humbled. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you think you're
0: here? It happens. Let <laughs> me bring you
1: where you belong. And that is to, you know, gain that perspective. But again, that's that being open and um, really looking for the lesson in it and how I can carry that forward.
0: Yeah.
2: You describe having to transition from being fueled by, say, anger being fueled by the negativity, the the limitations people are putting on you to having to transition into a positive fuel source, so to speak. and so can you describe what that like what that strategy looked like, what that process looked like and can you describe the say the energy, the passion you have now and how that feels compared to a passion that's fueled by negative intentions?
1: So along the way, I was super mindful of what it was that I was consuming mm. right be it in conversations, the people around me, the books that I read, what I was listening to. It all, you know, like that's where it kind of started. The person who came in and was just negative all the time, I just really took a step back and was just observing those different things in my life. And sometimes that person is someone who we're close to and we were like, oh, well, how do I get, you know, how do I get away from that? And that's a... That, that in itself is something to just give thought to, mm-hmm. right? Because we get to decide what we put behind the things that people say and the actions and the energies that they bring forth and how much we will be around them. Sometimes it's a lack of boundaries. And I learned that from me, a lot of what it is that I went through, I had a lack of boundaries and I was mm-hmm. always trying to like people please and all of these different things. Um, And then while some of my success has been fueled by that anger, like I'll show you. As Mm -hmm. I went through and I started looking at and I placed a lot of blame even right on my parents or relationships or whatever. But I also learned through the process, if I was placing the blame everywhere else, then I was a victim Mm -hmm. and I had no control over Mm -hmm. changing my situation and becoming and being and. Truly manifesting what it is of who I wanted mm-hmm. to be, what I wanted that to look like, and so um, it was not an overnight thing. And uh, and sometimes it was borrowed beliefs. Mm-hmm. I had to borrow other people's mm-hmm. beliefs, affirmations, whatever. And you know, getting started in business, and even you know the steps that it took in forming up a team, it became you know borrowing what their core values were, borrowing what their this was right mm-hmm. and. But that was a mask. It's almost like I had one mask on of that low self-esteem and being fueled by anger. And when I took that mask off, I then put on a mask of borrowed beliefs. But I just kept going on and focusing on affirmations became a thing as affirmations were in my phone and my Google keep and alarm was set, go off Mm -hmm. every morning, vision board. Those things were posted all around my kids growing up. Like they were, po- like they would tape things to my wall because they saw mom had things <laughs> taped to her vanity mirror, and I just started really surrounding myself with different things, and I just continued on and I started putting those boundaries in place and I started saying no when I meant no. I started saying yes when I meant yes. I started sitting in what those feelings were because for me personally I'll be honest with you I had developed such a tough exterior and built walls Mm -hmm. so high I wasn't letting anyone in Mm. it was like anything you Mm -hmm. say water off a duck's back here recently I have a friend 22 year friendship so she's seen the good the bad the ugly the troublemaker to the entrepreneur. Mm. She actually works with mm-hmm. our team and she's glued to our team as well. And here lately, in this next this, this leg of the journey, I've become more vulnerable. Mm. I sit in my feelings, mm-hmm. I feel my feelings. And I give myself permission to feel the different feelings. I've cried more. <laughs> than I've ever cried before. Yeah. I'm like, I never even cried for movies. Now yeah. I'm like crying at random things, right? Um, it might be something that my kids did that made me proud or it might be something that I'm upset about or I'm hurt over. And I've learned how to clearly communicate that to people. And the energy that I felt was that drive. I always felt like I was fighting. Hmm. It was always a fight. Mm-hmm. It was an internal fight inside of me. And it was, an, like, it was just, and it came from like this tenseness and this tightness. And now, now it comes from like this grounding. And Mm. I kind of reference my belly because it's almost like this like settled in, very grounded, Mm. this feeling inside. You know, when we feel fear and we feel excitement, it's actually the same feeling. It's just Mm -hmm. what do we put behind it? Mm put that excitement behind it. And okay, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. But I'm here for it. And I know that everything's going to turn out okay. Or is it? Oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Right? And so it becomes that grounding. And I feel that excitement and that like kind of flutter inside. And I just keep focused on that. I can choose it to be fear, I can choose it to be Mm. excitement. that excitement Mm -hmm. because i know that when i do and as i say this i can feel the energy inside of me but as i do the Mm -hmm. more good is going to come because that's the energy that i am putting out there Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it'll rebound and it'll it'll showcase itself
0: it's crazy how much i resonate with everything you say because my journey is so similar like especially when you said sitting in your Mm -hmm. feelings like I literally spent my whole life running away from my feelings. And oftentimes I didn't even know what the feeling was. It was like there's a feeling somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Is it, is it jealousy, anger? I don't know. I'm just going to not deal with it. But actually sitting in with it, sitting in with your feelings, labeling them, labeling them correctly and just sitting with them for a while helps alleviate them. And all of a sudden yes. you're gone. And also I love the fear and excitement thing because I use the same thing. Like anytime I feel like I'm scared, I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm excited. So once you change the label, all of a sudden your brain is like, yeah, let's go. Um, just a tremendous answer. And it's just, I, I find it uncanny how we've managed to find a lot of the same solutions and with with no relation. It's just kind of cool. I love cool. that. Um, so awesome, Kelly. I mean, we've been talking about adversity for almost a whole hour now. Um, I would love to talk about what your business is like. Um, so tell me about um, the, the, the Bayou, excuse me, region team. Um, And like, what is your vision for the next 12 months or so? Like, what are you trying to build currently?
1: So we are, we are building out our recruiting efforts to build to our team. We have gotten the Zillow Flex partnership. And so we want to continue to build that out and expand into the areas that we serve. We are building out other silos of the business. Um, Having joined eXp, I am looking at building out the team the organization. Um, I am truly a teacher and a mentor at heart, and I love helping others find their way and succeed. And, you know, um, with that, I sometimes I'm still learning that whenever they don't want to put it into practice, um, you know, and I'm just like, ah, this is all you have to do. Um, But for our team, what it looks like is we have built out amazing processes and systems and Um, we continue to build on those. We know that it is never a destination that we've like arrived here. It is just, how can we continue to go deeper and wider? How do we continue to make it better and expand that out? And so, um, that's what it looks like for us. Just continuing to build that out, continuing to hold our standards very high and who it is that we decide to. Um, partner with with that we definitely have become the trusted advisors in our marketplace um, and truly I mean it, it really is just coming from a servant's heart and how do we help others and we do that I mean serve support lead and inspire when I tell you that that is like the, at my it's my mission it's my mission in the business it's my mission in the community it's my mission in my personal life And so it's always focused on how can we serve our community and ourselves and our team at the highest level, Uh, what it is that we can do to support and and help others achieve their goals, because we know that it'll help us achieve ours. Making sure that we show up as leaders, right? Just because that person did it this way doesn't mean that it's the right way or even that we should have a knee-jerk reaction in it. And how can we show up better? How can we be leaders? It's often that I'll hear in our area and in even the state well, that's never been done. And look, it's not because I'm cool mm-hmm. enough or smart enough or I'm like that innovative. It is literally because I have the advantage of Louisiana. We have a lot of things that happen last Our fashion mm-hmm. or... Friends, you know, and I get to meet people like you guys and network with you guys and a lot of other amazing leaders across the nation mm. who are in larger cities and test cities for different things. And so, um, I love picking your brains mm-hmm. and hearing what it is that you're doing in your markets, and we bring that back and we yeah everyone makes us look good yeah
2: Mm -hmm, yeah. and
1: you know it's like oh we've never seen that done before twilight photos or video Mm -hmm. or you know all these different things and so um yeah it's it's knowing people like you guys that help us look good
0: yeah so i mean obviously um you have already displayed a tremendous skill set with your ability to control your mind and your actions related to that anybody interested in reaching out to you to potentially joining your exp team or maybe even a listener that's just selling or buying in the area what would be the best way for them to reach out so to so we're
1: on different social media platforms uh kelly gidry kelly with an i um is one of them on facebook bayou region home team we're on facebook as well um bayou realtor mm-hmm. on instagram And so reach out to us in any one of the platforms. I'm always in there checking in and talking with our people as well as our team. So we'd love to help in any way, shape or form or anybody who's just listening and resonating with what it is that we chatted about. I'd love to hear your story and where Mm -hmm. you've come from and you know, what resonated with you or if there's something that I can do to help.
2: Yeah. And one of the great things about the EXP organization is that your team, your organization doesn't have to be local to you. Right. So, I mean, it's any agent across the country or I'm assuming even at this point in the world, right? With the size that EXP is, they can contact Mm -hmm. you if they want Mm -hmm. you to be their leader, then they can contact you and get on your team.
1: That's right. And we've done some really cool things and we've been building out to where um, the same training that our team gets inside of, you know, Bayou Region Home Team, we actually have a platform where we give all of that same training um, to anyone who decides Mm. to come into the organization, um, which is just in EXP, whether it is that they want to Form their own team, whether they're a broker wanting to come over, a solo agent wanting to do it. Um, and then we have other ways that we connect with them to make sure that we're helping support them. And again, it is not a I am the greatest. No. I am partnered with amazing people, and it, they just so happen to be, you know, they're the ones that are speaking across the nation on all these different platforms. And the, uh, the, level of abundance that they come from, like it was the right fit for me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that is where I'm at um, and who I am at my core. I don't believe in the scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. If I ever find myself there, I quickly get myself out.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And so EXP has allowed, Mm -hmm. like that's what became just a really great fit for me. It's what allowed me to make the decision to take my brokerage because I was a boutique broker um, over to eXp. And it was just because the amount of sharing and you know, as I mentioned, that self-development that constantly focused on how can I get better and people who truly want to help me get better because their lives get better. And that's what EXP has given us the opportunity to do is go out there and really help. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I first got started in real estate and at different companies, they've all served well and they've all served a purpose in some way, shape, or form. Whether they taught me some really great things about what to do and how to get started and build a foundation or some things I don't want to do, right? I've, all, I've learned something mm-hmm. from all of them. Um, but the one thing that I found was that anyone who trained you, they wanted to train you just enough, but mm-hmm. not better than them. Yep. Right. And, and I yeah. can remember even mm-hmm. when I went to open my own brokerage, I had another broker say, well, welcome to the world of training your competition.
0: Mm.
1: And I just thought, well, what if you don't train your competition? Then you have those people working for you. Mm-hmm. Like, That was a mismatch in my (laughs) mind of how that thought process even worked. And so eXp just gave a platform to where it was like, share everything. Mm. They're going to go out there and do better. Your life gets better because of it and just keep building and keep pouring into and, and that resonated with me because it becomes, you know, the light that I hold, I can Mm. ignite and I can impact that just that one next person who can go out there and do the same.
0: Kelly Guidry. We want to sincerely thank you for coming on our show and giving us a glimpse of your life and business and to everyone else out there chasing freedom. Freedom is acquired one action at a time. If you do nothing else, just write down one action that you got from today and make sure to implement it in the next seven days. Um, Maybe reaching out to Kelly and talking about joining exp might be one of those actions worth writing down and please share it with somebody you know that can hold you accountable and before you know it you too will be living a life of freedom so thank you again for tuning into today's episode and we will catch you on the next one please like comment share and subscribe engagement is like gold to us we can't do what we're doing without it Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show.